Welcome back to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We have made it to a new book in the Bible, the sixth book in the Old Testament. It's called Joshua. We're at chapter one, so if you want to read along with me, here we go. Verse one After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, So, a couple of things about this. Uh, Moses is the same Ten Commandments, Moses. And um, the five books that are called the five books of Moses, the Septuagint, I think it's pronounced, um, ended with the book of Deuteronomy, which we just finished. And now Joshua, his assistant, has sort of taken his place and his role as the leader of the congregation. Joshua is the same Joshua who is one of only two people who were sent as spies to go check out the promised land, as it's called before the children of Israel, as they're called, um, went on their way to go and uh, colonize and occupy it. Um, the rest of the people, the rest of the spies, were condemned to the death penalty because they brought back a negative report, whereas Joshua and the other person was Caleb, are the only two who returned with a positive report to encourage the people to go in and colonize the land. So their reward was that they got to live and make it to the promised land that all of the other people who were sent their punishment was the death penalty and wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years until they all died off so that's where we're at in the narrative verse 2 Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise go over this Jordan you and all these people to the land which I'm giving to them the children of Israel so a couple of things about that and that previous verse the Lord now apparently is having conversations with Joshua, and like I've said before, this and all the, the and some of the previous books we've read here, we're only in the sixth one now, contradict what other books in the Bible say. For instance, the book of John, chapter one, says that no one has seen, heard God's voice at any time, seen His form or heard His voice. Is I'm paraphrasing, but that you can read it for yourself if you want to see. So it contradicts what's being written here. Um, but if we're just going to read it as it's, as it says, and, um, you can make sense of it how best you can. I won't go into that again and again, since we've gone over that again and again. So now, uh, Moses is getting the messages from the Lord and Lord is still being translated from the name Jehovah in, um, this book so far. Verse three, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses. So this is sort of the manifest destiny rationale that the people are using as their justification. And it's not so much the people, it's the religious uh, elites that are guiding the people to this point and thus far in the story. The Lord, as it says, gave the people the Ten Commandments, gave them to Moses and Moses and gave them twice so that Moses could tell them to the people and the people could be obedient to them. Um, the thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not this, thou shalt not that. Those are the Ten Commandments. Since then, though, the religious elites who are guiding the people, are the Levites and the priests um, are um, who are the religious leaders, all sorts of other ordinances and statutes have been um, distributed by them that the people are to follow. Um, the rules are for them, for the people, not for the elites. They're sort of exempt from those rules but they also benefit from the people following those rules whether it be 
the order, the uh, offerings that the people are ordered to give, or the sacrifices the people are ordered to make. Um, they aren't ordered to do those, but the people are. So the people have to give up their livestock and their animals and their um, money and their food, you know, flour for um, flour and oil and all sorts of other things, wine even, to the religious order for the religious leaders to sacrifice to the Lord. But it's not the Lord who's eating and drinking those things. It's the religious leaders who are eating and drinking those things and getting fat from those things, even like uh, literally getting fat from getting all the offerings that the people are making. Um, so here is that same rationale that they're being told you can go in and take the promised land and occupy it even though people already live there. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. So that's basically giving us uh, boundaries uh, of where, and, and the landmarks that mark the boundaries of the area that's considered to be the promised land for the people. So basically, it's um, the matter that's um, uh, east of the Mediterranean Sea and west of the Jordan River, south of Lebanon and Syria, and north of um, uh, I guess the wilderness just as they exited Africa and Egypt Egypt in Africa to get to this point sort of that area I think it's called the Negev and as always forgive me if I mispronounce any of these please um, so that's what um, the area that's being um, told to the people that that's going to be their promised land the area they can go in and possess and it's basically um, not all of that area, but even actually a tiny portion of that area is what's disputed now uh, in modern times, like around the Gaza Strip. And, and it was called Gaza back then also is what's considered the disputed territories of um, Israel or Palestine, however you want to think of it, of that area in, of the world in modern times. But according to this, it's a much larger area that was, um, excuse me, it was part of that manifest destiny, um, land dedicated to the people or given to the people as their, um, promised land to, um, occupy. Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. So, um, Joshua is being sort of guaranteed in the presence of the Lord for his, um, while he's on this mission. Um, and it's nice that it's, Moses is used as an example because Moses got to see and be a part of some miraculous events. But for one wrong move, Moses got excluded from the entire promise of entering the promised land. He got to see it, but was uh, barred from entering it for one false move. So I guess that's sort of a message to Joshua to watch his step and um, be faithful. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. So the people are being 
um, guaranteed that land um, because it was a promise made to the forefathers, their forefathers, the patriarchs, the biblical patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, and those patriarchs were exempt from lots of these different orders and ordinances and statutes that their descendants are subject to. And that sort of inconsistency that we keep pointing out here on The Naked Truth leads me to believe that it's not God Almighty that's behind that. In the Ten Commandments, sure, Jesus even affirms the Ten Commandments. All those other statutes and ordinances, Jesus doesn't confirm those at all. So as far as I'm concerned, as a Christian, Jesus gives us our marching orders as far as what Christianity and Christians are to observe. And if, Christ, if Jesus didn't affirm them, I'd think twice about trying to adhere to them, especially since the people they were even given to weren't um, um, bound by them. Especially when you consider the patriarchs weren't bound by them at all, not even corrected for breaking them. If they're actually from God, wouldn't they have been consistently rebuked when the patriarchs did it as well as when their descendants did it? They weren't. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So when it says all the law, the law are those Ten Commandments. Those other things, statutes and ordinances, are not laws, but they are uh, what were given to the people to um, try to live by. And Jesus makes it clear that um, those are heavy burdens that are hard to bear that were laid on men's shoulders but the rulers who gave them out were exempt from them they wouldn't touch those burdens with one of their fingers so um, it, it makes it clear again for us as Christians what it is we should um, at least for me observe verse 8 this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So it's, it's this reference to the book of the law seems like it's gone on beyond the Ten Commandments to encompass those other ordinances and statutes, again, that aren't consistent, whether it's the dietary laws or the sexual laws. They're not consistent. They're, they They've changed again and again and again since the book of Genesis. Um, so how would the people even know which ones they're supposed to be faithful and faithful to and observe since they keep changing? Verse 9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So Joshua is being encouraged to stay faithful and not be fearful and that the Lord will be with him wherever he goes. Um, verse 10, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, so this is letting us know Joshua was the one calling the shots now, as far as the people go, not Moses anymore. Verse 11, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. So, um, just like how the colonizers uh, came to the Americas and began um, massacring and uh, conquering it and colonizing it, the same sort of order of events is what's happening with um, 
the congregation at this point in the narrative. And I'm pretty sure this narrative is some of the same rationale used when colonizers from Europe came to the Americas and did what they did as far as slavery and as far as the Native Americans and as far as taking and stealing their land, massacring their people, making treaties that weren't kept, that were one-sided and not kept by the colonizers but expected to be kept by the conquered and so on and so forth. I'm pretty sure these same rationales were part of that manifest destiny rationale that the American colonizers used also. Verse 12, and to the Reubenites, the Gadites, uh, did we miss one? Nope, guess not. So they've been told to prepare themselves for in three days they're going to officially enter the promised land. Verse 12, and to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, so now those three groups are the three that have taken up their um, land. They've taken their taken possession of the land at, on the east side of the Jordan River, so which is where the people are at this point in the story. In the area around and probably including what's modern day the country, Jordan, that's where the people are at this point getting ready to cross over the Jordan River to get into what, like I said, is modern day Palestine and or Israel. Um, so those three tribes are the ones that are in the east side of the Jordan River and they've decided to just settle there. They've, they're going to help the rest of the congregation um, um, go into the promised land and conquer the people who live there. Um, but they've already made agreements with the rest of the congregation that what they'll call home is on the east side of the Jordan River, not the west side. Verse 13, remember, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and has given you this land. So that was the covenant they made with the people on the east side um, to, that they'll occupy the east side of the Jordan River and not cross over to the west side with the rest of the people as far as taking possession of it. They'll help with conquering it, but they won't um, take possession of it with the rest of the congregation. Verse 14, your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed all your mighty men of valor and help them. So again, they're going to help with the war effort, but then return back to the land that they've chosen to occupy on the east side of the Jordan. And one other thing about that, that um, agreement with the people and with Moses was made without consulting with the Lord at all um, before it was agreed upon. So uh, it's if you're going to look retrospectively with the 2020 hindsight, like much of the book of Deuteronomy was written with, it seems to me, wouldn't part of that uh, reflection be wouldn't that be part of reflection too? That and maybe that's why those um, areas of that region of the world weren't maintained by the children of Israel as far as their property and their boundaries and their possession, because it wasn't a part of the original plan. They were all supposed to originally cross over the Jordan and take possession of those lands and divide it up, not just decide on their own. Oh, I'm going to stay on the east side of the Jordan River two and a half tribes and do it that way. They did that without consulting the Lord. Like some of the other con, um, 
decisions that Moses made along the way, like choosing judges over the people instead of him just being the singular judge over all the people. There was another decision that Moses made without consulting the Lord, um, and it didn't turn out so good because that's what, after that, that's when all those statutes and ordinances popped up after the Ten Commandments were given by the Lord and after the Lord had already appointed Moses as the lead and the judge that the people should come to for decisions. Not all those other judge, judges and uh, others. Moses came up with that with his father-in-law and again didn't consult the Lord before going ahead with it. And I, it, they, paid a, they paid a price for it. So similarly, I would think if whoever is going back over the different events and inscribing them, that that would have at least come to mind, that that may be part of the reason they weren't able to maintain some of those areas. But, you know, could be wrong. Verse 15, until the Lord has given you your brethren rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So that's reflecting back on the agreement that those two and a half tribes made with the rest of the congregation to help them in the war effort and then return to their allotment. Verse 16. So they answered Joshua saying, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. So they're saying they're going to be faithful to their uh, word, that their agreement that they made when Moses was alive to help with the war effort and then go back to where they came from, uh, go back to their uh, the land they already conquered and occupied. Verse 17, uh, colonized. Verse 17, just because it be occupied, I guess, if the, other, if the residents were still there, they killed them and took their land, which is what they're intending to do as they cross over the Jordan to the people who live there. So it's not so much an uh, occupation, it's more of a colonization, massacring the people who live there and then taking their land. Verse 17, just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. So they're saying they're going to be faithful just like they were to Moses, to Joshua. They're going to be just as faithful. And they're saying God be with you just as God was with Moses. And let's see if they're still calling the Lord God, um, translating it from the word uh, name Jehovah. And it seems... They are. So it's still Jehovah being referred to as the Lord um, in this chapter from beginning to end. Um, verse um, 18. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. So uh, once again, the death penalty is being... Um, um, called out as the um, penalty for disobedience not commanded by the Lord um, whether you're calling um, who they're dealing with the Lord God Almighty or not it's not the Lord who said that the death penalty should be given for people who aren't following Joshua's command it's the people coming up with that again just like it's people who, who come up with the death penalty in America and in other countries and um, it's not from the Lord. The Lord says, thou shalt not kill. And yet, people, countries like America say they're God-fearing Christian nations and do exactly the opposite of what the Ten Commandments tell us. Um, 
yet feel justified in doing so, even though it's been proven again and again that plenty of innocent people have died as a result of the death penalty, state-sanctioned murder. And if you're going by what the Bible says, there's a cost for that. The land, the blood shed by the land, the earth, the world itself calls out the blood of it calls out for retribution so in doing the death penalty especially on innocent people a nation is doing nothing but calling up and calling down curses for itself for the innocent blood that's been shed on the land there has to be a price paid for it if you're going to go by what the bible says and what the bible says about this chapter ended here we're at the end of this chapter so as always, thank you for checking out The Naked Truth with me, and I hope you'll join me again. You can read past um, past um, Naked Truth readings here on this platform, or if you're an adult, go to my website, hungtgirl.com, and click on the links there. Body, Mind, Spirit, and Soul will let you know all about me. And the Spirit and Soul pages in particular, you can read along with me with scrolling text from most of those of what we've read here on the Naked Truth in past readings. Thank you again. God bless you. And I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.